Hello, and welcome to the Green Techpreneur podcast. In this podcast, I feature interviews with extraordinary entrepreneurs and investors. My goal is to share insight that helps you build your climate tech business and find funding. This week, I'm speaking to EarthBank founder Tom Duncan. He's bridging the last gap of climate finance to make financing land regeneration transparent, easily accessible, and profitable. Uh, so, uh, Tom, you've had a very interesting and varied career as a conservationist, land regeneration expert, and as an entrepreneur. And you said you grew up on a farm in Australia. Is that right? Yeah. And, yeah, and that's uh, right. Yeah, it, it, it was some of those. What, so was it some of those early influences, I guess, of growing up pretty close to the land that gave you a love of nature and a, and a desire to, to do something to help preserve it? Yeah, it was a, a, such a, a great time in my life living out on the, the land with our family. And it was actually our extended family as well, uh, working together on farms uh, in rural Australia. And, you know, we would all come together uh, for the harvest time. So about four months of the year we'd spend on, on um, two different farms. And it was really uh, instructive of me about how does nature work? Uh, you know, what are some of the complex systems that farming is within? You know, whether uh, extreme climate um, events started becoming more and more frequent. And I started observing that um, uh, from a young age, uh, more fires, more floods. But in between those moments of sort of climate chaos, there's, you know, moments of great beauty in nature and being immersed in it uh, and just appreciating nature for its, its own sort of uh, wonder and amazement that uh, we have so much biodiversity, so much abundance. Uh, and that's what really uh, inspired me to, I guess, um, you know, love nature the way I do and, and do the work that I'm doing. So why did you transition from land regeneration into the, the project EarthMink that you're working on now, which is, uh, you know, carbon credit offsetting investment fintech and blockchain? What, what was it about, what was it about this in particular, I guess, that, that really grabbed you and made you say, this is what I want to dedicate my time to? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I, I, I spent about 15 years uh, working in uh, large-scale land regeneration, uh, large-scale carbon uh, credit projects. Uh, in, in 2004, I was based uh, in um, Inner Mongolia in the steppe in the grasslands. Uh, there was an 18.7 million uh, hectare project uh, restoring grasslands and also uh, the North Central Plains, and that was an AusAid project working with an aid organization. Uh, and I was just fresh out of university. And that experience told me that, you know, large-scale land regeneration is complex, difficult. It needs grassroots up uh, as well as policy and incentive top-down to, to really succeed. Uh, and I was producing educational and um, material content for about 40 million farmers about how to start to integrate regenerative farming activities into their monthly uh, planning wow. schedule. Uh, so it was just a great experience to get that hands-on experience. You know, I'd, I'd studied a diploma of conservation and land management, had been teaching and, and applying design permaculture science 
to uh, large-scale projects such as the one I've just mentioned, but there was a lot of others as well, e developing eco-villages where we created uh, uh, novel local currencies whereby contractors uh, could earn uh, let's currency, which was local economic uh, transfer uh, tokens uh, or units as it was back then stored on a database. Uh, and, you know, we, we had novel ways of getting social and environmental progress uh, and land regeneration was always a core part of every uh, sort of project I worked on as a, a management consultant. But what I saw more and more when I got into the financing of large-scale renewable energy projects, uh, large-scale regenerative agriculture projects, and also being involved in a, a, a publicly listed ag tech company, what I saw was that there was always a disconnect between how do we really value ecosystem services uh, how do we incentivize good management actions, you know, regenerative and sustainable land management practices? Yeah. And what I saw was that, you know, this was the sole domain of usually governments, uh, aid organizations and NGOs. And there's only so much scale that you can get when you have centralized uh, government approaches and models to, to uh, land restoration, ecosystem services markets. And, and I worked on developing some uh, some of the pioneering ecosystem service markets in Australia yeah. uh, where uh, farmers would bid to provide ecosystem services to improve uh, water quality as well as biodiversity values uh, and sequester carbon. And, you know, that project raised about $300 million. Wow. Um, and it, sh it showed to me that, you know, you could uh, actually de develop and deliver ecosystem services markets but what I felt was there just wasn't enough scale. Uh, and so, you know, I was doing investment prioritization algorithms uh, in government policy units to find which catchment should we be investing money into. Yeah. Uh, and what that taught me a lot is about how do you select the right assets to invest in, you know, natural capital and ecological assets. Um, and so having that know-how about how to uh, prioritize uh, the, the sort of, the geographical locations where you're going to get the best carbon biodiversity, water quality and community benefits that I saw wasn't being translated into large scale mass adoption in the markets. Uh, it was still just the domain of, you know, government policy units and, and ad hoc programs that when a government changes, generally, you know, the program might get scrapped or it might yeah. get uh, toned down a bit. So, I saw that there was a need for mass market approach to uh, financing land regeneration and also the creation of new incentivization models. Mm. This is amazing. It's, it's, it's actually amazing how innovative you were quite a few years before we had this, you know, the FinTech disruption and cryptocurrency disruption. You know, you said that you, you set up these these sort of incentive systems and and um, you know token trading or whatever it was for for Australian farmers. So it sounds like you were ahead of the curve in many ways. Uh, so what I find really really fascinating is what you said about there being a disconnect in the incentives that that you saw to for land uh, to to set up land restoration ecosystems and. The, the the struggle to do this from a governmental perspective that the, the limitations of a new government comes in or, or you have a policy change you know progress could be limited and now you are actually looking at using the private market to incentivize people to do the right thing so this is um 
that this is really, it's quite, it's groundbreaking, I think, uh, to be finding an incentive in the private market, which uh, to actually restore, restore the land, right, re and regenerate projects. And uh, so can you talk about, for the crypto and fintech, uh, you know, dummy, how does it actually work? How does someone make money by, um, you know, buying some carbon credits or, uh, you know, you using your app to invest? Sure, sure. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try and break it down in, into yeah. a few different categories and, and customer sort of types that we have on our yes. platform. Yeah. Um, but it, just as a segue to that, I'll uh, talk just briefly about, you know, this transition from land regeneration to fintech investment and blockchain applications. And yeah. so th the final thought on that was that, you know, in order to scale land regeneration rapidly to meet the huge challenges of climate change, you know, we need to bring ecological science uh, and regenerative design science into fintech and blockchain protocols and platforms that can harness, you know, new technologies like programmable money, uh, incentive payments for carbon storage and ecosystem services, uh, using AI on satellite and remote sensing for carbon measurement. And this together uh, can kickstart the regenerative finance uh, movement and revolution, we could say, and, and avoid runaway climate change. Uh, yep. And we call regenerative finance refi because it's like decentralized finance in that it harnesses open source blockchain and permissionless finance, but it also weaves in planetary and climate regeneration. So it's not so much that I've transitioned from land regeneration. I've just expanded my vision of what in it the enabling conditions are to regenerate our planet at a speed and scale that we need to, uh, to prevent runaway climate change and, and reduce our emissions uh, by half um, each decade uh, between now and 2050. So, um, so that's halving our total emissions by, by 2030. And, you know, by transitioning to regenerative agriculture across 2.5 billion hectares, humanity could sequester all of our global emissions every year. We just need the right incentives designed into programmable uh, uh, investments, uh, cryptocurrencies on blockchain protocols, and get the right incentive alignments, good market designs to make it happen. And so hence EarthBank was born to enable that. And so, you know, how a farmer gets paid for their carbon sequestration, they come onto the EarthBank platform, uh, they register, uh, and what they can do is, um, you know, EarthBank is actually uh, described as a carbon bank. So we're the first FinTech blockchain platform where you can actually deposit your carbon into a, a bank-like uh, vault uh, that sits on a blockchain. And what we can do is then help uh, measure the carbon in the landscape of that farmer. Uh, we can measure it using artificial intelligence models that are trained on satellite and remote sensing data from the European Space Agency that we have from a, some venture backing from the European Space Agency. And we can uh, ask them for specific data anywhere on the planet. Uh, and what that means is we can get a super high resolution picture of a farm and a, a land manager and measure exactly how much carbon is increasing each year in that landscape. What we do is we then uh, get that carbon credit verified as a true uh, carbon reduction. Mm -hmm. we, we help enable that by providing the information and data to project developers. Uh, and project developers develop the carbon credit project. We help sell it on our platform and we have large corporate buyers who are buying carbon uh, on our platform every month. We're selling, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of carbon. Um, 
And so in this way, a farmer can get paid for their carbon storage uh, and they can also get paid for ecosystem services. Um, now, that's what it's like if you're a farmer or a land manager. Um, now, if, and, and I might add that in countries like India where we're doing uh, mangrove restoration, some farmers are getting paid up to 91% of their annual salary and increase on that. So for an investor, they could invest in carbon credits as an asset class, but they can also invest in the projects. That's the most important thing because finance has been missing from carbon project developments in a big way and EarthBank is solving that, that problem. So now last year, there was a 969% uh, increase in nature-based solutions carbon futures contracts. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to find a 969% growth in any asset class in 2021, uh, but it was, it was futures contracts on nature-based solutions carbon, which is what EarthBank measures. Uh, we mint the carbon on, on, on Regen Ledger, a, a, a layer one blockchain. Uh, and, you know, when we mint those carbon credits, they're then available for sale, both in, in, on a blockchain, but also in a, a web two environment on our market uh, platform. All right. This is all very, very high tech. So uh, j just, just for the listener who may not be aware of how land regeneration stores carbon and draws it back down from the atmosphere, can you just give a, a very brief explanation of why re regenerative farming is so great for the environment? And because you said you are, you can measure how much the carbon is increasing in a certain landscape. So for this, for someone who doesn't know about how carbon is stored through regenerative farming, you know, this, this would simply be like what carbon increasing <laughs> in, in a landscape, you know, <laughs> how does this, how does that work? Can you explain this? And I, I only just learned about this fairly recently and I've been involved in, you know, the environmental sustainability area for a while. And I just found it absolutely fascinating. And it gave me so much hope as well that the solution can be that simple. The solution to climate change as regenerating the land. Absolutely. It, it's, it's this, uh, this topic of how can regenerative uh, agriculture save the climate, it's, uh, it's very much under the radar of most climate analysts, uh, reporters. Um, and so, but it is surfacing. Uh, recently, uh, Professor Ratan Lal won uh, uh, the right livelihood for his work on soil organic carbon. Um, now, myself, Professor Ratan Lal, and other people like Alan Savory, the founder of Holistic Management and Holistic Grazing, uh, who's he's got a great TED talk, uh, Alan Savory's over 10 million views now about uh, how to restore, restore landscapes uh, regeneratively. Uh, we all wrote a book together called Land Restoration, and it was published in, I think it was 2016, it was published. Uh, it's now used all around the world in colleges where young aspiring agronomists, land managers and farmers are learning exactly what, what is regenerative agriculture. Uh, I wrote several case studies, um, a couple of case studies in that book. Uh, one of them was co-authored with Alan Savory, the um, famous, they call him the famous old guy on TEDx talking about restoring the, the savannas and woodlands of, of um, uh, across Africa. And, you know, what the science tells us is that if you manage the land regeneratively uh, and you increase soil organic carbon um, through uh, regenerative agriculture practices such as no-till farming, meaning you don't turn over the soil each, each year and you just direct drill the seeds down into the soil, leaving the stubble uh, protecting 
the, the, the top layer of soil. Uh, No-till farming increases your soil organic carbon year on year. Now, if you uh, change your grazing, um, now most, I would say 99% of grazing in the world is unsustainable and extractive and it strip mines the soil, <clears throat> excuse me, just like uh, industrial agriculture strip mines the soil of nutrients uh, and fertility and soil organic carbon. But what if you can change that model using holistic uh, management styles and methods and also it's called multi-adaptive paddock grazing methodology. Now there's a lot of data about it, a lot of science peer reviewed. Um, and what it tells us is that if you move animals on very quickly from patch to patch, just like it happens in nature, you know, herbivores who have uh, predators in the vicinity will huddle together as a group. They will eat the tall grass that, uh, you know, is about knee height on a human. They will eat that down very quickly down to the, uh, the topsoil. Uh, they will manure that intensively and then they will quickly move on. Uh, to the next patch, which, uh, you know, a maximum of three days they will spend on that patch of grass. Uh, that's how it happens in nature naturally. And that's how you increase the depth of the, the roots of the grasses every year. So you can actually double uh, the density and the depth of root mass uh, in grasslands every year if you apply that, that method of grazing. You know, that's a maximum up limit. Now, if you do that every year uh, across 2.5 billion hectares of land, uh, which is entirely achievable, uh, you could sequester all of humanity's emissions. Now, uh, so you have to understand the science and the management, and then what are the financial mechanisms to finance that and turn that into carbon credits um, that, that are viable for selling in the carbon credit market. Now, our partnership with Regen uh, Ledger, uh, you know, Microsoft has been purchasing soil organic carbon credits, large investment uh, brokers have been purchasing carbon credits like this. Uh, so it's already happening. Uh, and, you know, what we can say is that this is the big, great hope. And I would encourage people to uh, watch a, a film called Kiss the Ground. Uh, some of our investors in EarthBank also are executive producers of Kiss the Ground, oh, wow. which talks about how, how you can uh, regenerate uh, the planets uh, and help save the climate through regenerative farming, which is good for people's health, good for rural communities, uh, and it restores the, the sort of soil gut microbiome, which is essential for human health. So there's just so many amazing benefits to regenerative agriculture and, and hence why we need to finance it and why it's, it's a major carbon removal solution. Mm. So you're creating a, a system where farmers, where, where you have a way you, using satellites and you know, data and AI to sort of auto, automatically or with a little human management <laughs> measure the amount of carbon uh, that, that, that is captured from the atmosphere through regenerative farming, while at the same time, providing these farmers with a way to actually get some money as an incentive for regenerative agriculture. And who are the, the, the key, um, you know, the key ingredient here obviously are the, the companies that are buying these carbon credits. So who are your key clients now? Which companies are buying these carbon credits? And if I was, you know, a company and I wanted to, look up, what can I do with you? I want to buy some carbon credits. Why would I do that? And how does it benefit me? 
Sure. Yeah, look, uh, great question. You know, there's, uh, we, we got some venture backing from the European Space Agency to develop new artificial intelligence, uh, deep learning and neural network models to essentially measure the carbon in soils yeah. uh, and trees, uh, purely using uh, satellite and remote sensing data without expensive ground truthing. Um, and that's a really difficult task to achieve. Um, but we've developed uh, a number of deep learning and artificial intelligence models that can now measure the soil and tree carbon very, very accurately. Yeah. Uh, we've do been doing pilot projects around the world, um, uh, India, uh, Africa, Australia, uh, Peru, uh, in the Amazon. And uh, what we've been doing is auditing the underlying carbon asset in the actual soil and tree that is part of a carbon credit. And so what that means is, uh, you know, we're, we're measuring it, auditing it, and then a third-party verifier is verifying uh, this data uh, and then helping, that helps issue a carbon credit. Um, now, for example, some of the projects in the Amazon that we've been auditing, you know, cover more than a million hectares, about 1.5 million hectares of auditing we've done across the Peruvian Amazon. Uh, to protect the rainforest from being deforested and support agroforestry. Now, uh, you know, projects like that, we're selling a lot of carbon. Um, we've got many different business uh, clients who are buying our carbon. Uh, some are SMEs, some are corporations. Uh, we've got other projects in, in uh, India which are restoring mangrove uh, forests and also protecting mangrove forests which is a, a really important uh, store of blue carbon. So the largest store of blue carbon on the planet is in the Sundarbans in India and, and uh, Bangladesh. And it's really important that we protect that because this blue carbon in mangroves is incredibly dense. It's up to five times more dense than an average uh, tropical rainforest. Uh, so it's a, it's a huge store of carbon that needs protection. Uh, we're developing projects like that. Uh, one of our uh, more well-known clients uh, that has given a, a Earth Bank a testimonial on our website uh, is Telio Company. They're a large Nordic and Baltic conglomerate. Uh, they're a mobile operator. They own television networks. They're an internet backbone provider. So they have a very diverse business and they're committed to net zero. Uh, and they're also committed to science-based uh, 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 targets initiative, which means you can only work with credible carbon offsets. And so what does credible carbon offsets mean? It means that, you know, the, the carbon removal or reduction claims are accurate uh, and credible. Now, there's a significant number of carbon credits on the market that have not been audited for five years. And that's because the old technology was slow, manual and expensive. Uh, what we've done is revolutionise that with AI, uh, deep learning, and now also storing that on blockchain uh, to make it more transparent. Uh, avoid the double counting of carbon credits. So uh, what, what Telia said about uh, our carbon credits uh, was that Telia company chose EarthBank to supply carbon offsets due to their satellite and remote sensing AI data-driven approach to auditing carbon offset projects. Uh, they ensure that carbon being claimed is accurate and precise when reported. Uh, now, the reason why it's important for large corporations who are committed to science-based targets initiative is that you know, they've signed up to only purchase credible carbon offsets. And as I mentioned, many uh, carbon platforms are just reselling other people's carbon without examining the quality of the underlying asset. And 
To my mind, this is a big risk. Uh, we know about the risks of lack of ratings and the lack of analysis. Uh, we just have to look at what happened in the global financial crisis where uh, mortgage-backed securities were being given a, uh, an A rating uh, and sold off to unwitting investors. Uh, but the actual underlying quality of the mortgages uh, was just terrible. They were junk bond status. Uh, now, uh, what that resulted in was a global financial meltdown. Yeah. Now, if we allow the same dynamics to happen in the carbon markets, um, we're not just facing global financial meltdown, we're looking at global climate and environmental meltdown, which, you know, the, uh, the risks and hazards of that are, are just, uh, well, catastrophic. So we really need much better ratings, much better auditing of carbon credits. And that's what EarthBank does. We audit the carbon reduction claims using satellite remote sensing and artificial intelligence models to, to really uh, examine, is the carbon uh, removal, uh, does it demonstrate additionality? Does it demonstrate uh, permanence? Uh, and, and has there been any leakage in the last year? Uh, and so we give ratings and auditings on that. Uh, and that's why we're the preferred uh, carbon provider to many businesses and corporations. Mm. And um, what about this, the, the, the Rayfi crypto wallet payment app that you're launching? That's something you've got your, you know, you've got your program for companies that want to offset their carbon credits, which is just fantastic um really well run and audited and you're you're about to expand now though to produce this app which enables anyone to invest in regenerative projects and get token rewards and you're saying investors will get a 15 percent apy so it's um annual interest right um on their investments can you explain how that works sure so we've uh, we launched our carbon market in in 2020 yeah. uh, and then in 2021 uh we added uh extra auditing and rating features into the carbon platform uh for a variety of carbon projects uh then in early 2022 we started uh issuing these sustainable land bonds uh via our uh platform and our app uh so uh, what that means is when people buy a sustainable land bond, uh, they're able to uh, put their money into carbon projects uh, and they're able to get a yield out of that. Now, investors can get a financial yield or they can also get a carbon yield. Uh, so this is a really unique product. Uh, we have a partnership with the UNCCD, which is the global mechanism for land degradation neutrality. Uh, and we're developing some methodologies around sustainable financial products to, to, to help finance over 100 million hectares of land restoration across Africa. So there's a huge pipeline of projects uh, that need financing. Yeah. Uh, some of the projects are really difficult to finance. Uh, you know, they're in rural remote locations. Uh, and so that's where the EarthBank app comes in. Uh, you know, we can help finance projects all around the world. Um, and so when we offer an investment uh, product uh, to investors, um, there's a number of ways it can happen. There are the sustainable land bonds that I mentioned. And now what we're launching uh, later this month or next month is, is, is a, a blockchain-based wallet, which essentially enables people to invest in regenerative projects, earn a yield. It can be variable yield from 6% or 8%, um, uh, variable yield, sorry, 15%, and a fixed percent of 6 to 8%. So uh, 
what that then delivers is finance into carbon removal projects and it delivers uh, an investment return to investors. Uh, carbon is sequestered, carbon is removed and it's audited uh, to check that the, the, the carbon removal claims are accurate. Uh, and so that, that product is launching later this month and in May 2022, we'll be presenting our sustainable land bonds platform uh, at the UNCCD COP15 in Africa, uh, where we'll demonstrate the issuance of a sustainable land bond on a blockchain uh, with the carbon audited. Uh, and so this is the future of you know, regenerative finance and investments is happening on the EarthBank platform. And so we encourage uh, people to check out our, our website, sign up on the wait list for investment. Not all countries will be covered. Uh, we're aiming to cover uh, Europe and uh, and uh, emerging markets, first off, uh, we would like to expand to UK later on. Uh, and so this is how we, how we start the, the regenerative finance, the, the refi uh, revolution to uh, get the finance to where it needs to go to uh, achieve the carbon removals uh, across the, those 2.5 billion hectares of land that I mentioned. This is great. It, it gives me a lot of hope for the future when I hear about projects uh, launching on this scale and it's interesting because we live in this world where we know there's like the amount that we have done to transition to actually living in a sustainable way uh is, is just a drop in the bucket compared to what needs to be done but when i speak to you know people like you and i hear about these really game-changing projects which are launching now uh, it does make you realize as, as as we build momentum with these kinds of projects in coming years the difference that we make in, in how fast we transition will will just continue to multiply many 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 times over. So yeah, it gives me a lot of a lot of hope to hear about uh, hear about this. Um, so if I was someone who uh, downloaded this app and invested, why is it important for me to do that? What what actually what, what difference would I be making? Yeah, great question. Look, we, we encourage people to sign up to uh, our app, which the Carbon Platform is live, and people can see the sustainable land bond on there. Uh, it's a desktop app at the moment that you can access on your laptop, computer. Uh, it's not a mobile app yet, uh, uh, but it will be. And, uh, you know, once you sign up uh, on our existing carbon investment platform, you can see a portfolio of carbon projects that you can purchase uh, and also a sustainable land bond that can be purchased. Uh, and we've got a wait list uh, for uh, the blockchain-based investments app, uh, which is going to be launched soon. Uh, so what we do is encourage people to sign up on the, the wait list, um, register their email so that they're first to find out so they can get access to these amazing opportunities. Uh, and, you know, at the individual level, what that means is, you know, it's EarthBank makes investing in climate action easy and we make climate action profitable for both those who are sequestering the carbon, which is really important that they get the incentives that, uh, that they deserve for carrying out regenerative land management uh, methods. Uh, and it's also important that investors are incentivized to invest in these projects and finance it and really scale this up. Um, so, you know, there's a win for uh, the farmers who are doing the hard work on the ground, uh, getting their carbon incentive payments and investors are, are able to benefit from the rising demand for carbon removal. Uh, and this is a really concrete way that people can take climate action in their everyday lives. 
you know, and I'll just try and illustrate what that means for a farmer on the ground in India. Yeah. So, for example, uh, if we talk about our mangrove restoration project, uh, if someone buys carbon from that project or invests in, in a sustainable land bond for that project, uh, those farmers can start receiving a 91% increase on their annual salary uh, in carbon payments alone. Uh, and so this is just life-changing for those people. These are some of the most climate-vulnerable people in the world who are subject to hurricane-driven storm surges, washing away their homes, uh, you know, destroying their agricultural infrastructure, uh, their uh, power infrastructure, and they're just very vulnerable people. So they need all the help they can get. And so by planting mangrove trees, it's creating a green wall against those hurricane-driven storms, so just slowing down the wall of water that comes every hurricane season um, to a level where it's by the time it, it reaches the villages, um, it's just a steady trickle. And that's incredibly important to protect those people's homes so that they don't become climate refugees. And it's incredibly important to pay them the carbon incentives to protect the most vital ecosystems on the planet. I don't know if you know, but mangroves are, you know, 50% of all fish uh, classed as fisheries are born and, and spawn and grow up in mangrove ecosystems, in rivers, in estuaries, just like the Sundarbans in India. Uh, and so it's incredibly important for healthy oceans that we protect mangroves. Um, you know, for every hundred dollars uh, or euros invested in this kind of project, $200 of ecosystem services is created, meaning protecting homes, creating livelihoods, um, you know, supplying fisheries with uh, new fish stock every year, which is just vital for the health of oceans and the communities that live off of oceans. So that's what, you know, a, a person who signs up to the EarthBank platform, that's what they can contribute to in a really meaningful way. Uh, and we just think you know, now is the time uh, that this is needs to happen in this decade of ecosystem restoration. We only have five or 10 years to avoid runaway climate change. And this is a really meaningful way to help achieve that. That's um, that's incredible. A ninety-one percent increase in in income for you know for, for a farmer, um, let's say in India or somewhere that that's absolutely life changing, and it's very beautiful also to see that people can be supporting the environment, but then directly supporting people who are the most vulnerable and at the forefront in a way of in terms of the way they'll be affected by by climate change. So yeah, it's just 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 a massive win 